the bear would reach in and grab a bite of what was inside that carcass, inside the rib cage, and then it would pull its head out while it was chewing and scent the air and scent the currents of air and, and what might be around him. So even while its face and its nose was completely covered in, in this elk's gore, it could still smell what was going on around it. You have tuned into the third in our mini-series on how to be a bear hunter. This is Gary Lewis for Ballistic Chronicles. We're going to talk about how bear hunting can change your life. We talk how to use a bear's sense of sight, hearing, and scent to convert that bear into little white packages in your freezer. I want to tell you about a kid that I met. This was back in 2002. It was November. I stopped in at Walmart. And in those days, in our Walmart store, we had bear hides and taxidermy up on the wall in the sporting goods department. So I'm in there. I'm buying a game bag, bunch of game bags, actually, because I'm going to Montana on a bison hunt. I just pop it in there late in the evening, pull in there into the sporting goods department. I hear this little boy talking to his mom and and he says, when I get big, I'm going to kill a bear and I'm going to put it on the wall. And I looked at him and I thought, wow, did I hear him just say that? He was four years old. He's wearing a puffy coat. His mom's got a little baby, his little baby sister in the, in the shopping cart. And she's looking for help in the automotive department. So she's come over to the sporting goods section where people aren't doing anything useful so they can help her out. She looks down at him and she says, you are not. And he looks over at me and he looks at her and he says, I am too. When I get big, I'm going to kill a bear and I'm going to put it on the wall. And so his mom looks over at me and she says, he is not. I'm not a hunter. His dad's not a hunter. He's not going to be a hunter. And I said, ha, that's what my mom said. (laughs) And I started laughing and I gave him a thumbs up and I said, you do what you want to do, kid. And she was mad at me. It's something that's important. It's down in each of us. There's something that calls out for adventure. It was in that little boy. He was looking for it. He was searching for it. And his mom was suppressing it. And that's what happens in our lives. People that we love try to shut things down and try to keep us from doing stuff that we want to do because afraid it'll show up something in their life that's deficient. I'm here to tell you, bear hunting will change your life. I got to tell you about my dad. My dad quit hunting when I was nine. He was a fisherman, was good at fishing, and he wasn't having a whole lot of success in the hunting world. So he just decided he was going to focus on fishing and he was really busy with business in those days, working long, long hours and hunting just didn't fit into that. When I was nine, he quit hunting. Well, I went through a hunter's education and I I was planning on being a hunter and, and later on, dad came back to hunting and dad killed a big big bear in Alaska on a trip that we went on together. I wasn't with him when he shot the bear. There was several other guys, good friends of mine that were with him and helped him. And in particular, friend Dave, who was right there to help dad collect the bear and and get that bear down to where it was room temperature, where 
where they could deal with it on a personal level. I asked dad later on, I said, dad, what do you think? Did that change your life? And this was like 10 years in the in the future that I asked him this. And I said, how did that change your life? And he said, you know, Gary, I've thought about that a lot. And he says, I have made a lot more money because I went bear hunting and because I killed that bear. He said, I'm in sales. I call on customers that have never heard of me before, cold calls. And he said, when I get to feeling like I don't want to make that cold call, I just remember I faced down that bear. So my dad made more money in his career because he became a bear hunter. So we're going to talk about how to take these senses that the bear has and use them to our advantage. We're going to successfully hunt bear where they eat, sleep, and procreate. We got to beat the senses they employ every day to protect themselves. They rely upon their eyes, their ears, and their nose to alert them to danger. So let's see what we know about that. First off, let's talk about vision about their sight. We used to believe the big game that we hunt saw in shades of black and white. So the people said the same thing about bears and it's not true. Bears may be more nearsighted than humans, but what we found is that bears have color vision and are especially sensitive to the hues of blue and green. So think about that. They can see blue and green, which is Great for them because they can distinguish color, which is helpful in finding colored fruits and berries. They, their binocular vision provides good depth perception. That's why they can pick the berries. They also have good night vision because they have a reflective layer at the back of the eye, which reflects light. They can see well in the dark when the light is low. Bears probably rely less on sight and more on smell and sound. But a bear can see and focus on objects hundreds of yards away. When people tell you that bears don't see very good, you can just think back and know that it's probably the case that bears can see a lot better than we give them credit for. Their eyes are tuned to pick up movement and discern pattern. Think about that when you think about what you're gonna wear on a bear hunt. They see really well in the blues and greens. So blue jeans, probably not as of an idea. Green flannel shirts, same thing. Uh, maybe, maybe it's better to use camouflage in some cases. You can use just a flannel shirt, a, a plaid pattern that breaks things up, but I'd stay away from the blues and the greens. You minimize your movement and you're gonna maximize the chances of seeing the bear before the bear sees you. It's so much better to sit in one good place and let the animals move around you than to be moving and going from place to place through a bear's environment, alerting them to constantly so much better to sit in one good place. So camouflage clothing is gonna be helpful. I like to think about picking a pattern that blends into the surroundings. When viewed from a distance, the pattern doesn't go all black. You want it to continue to appear random and broken. So um, then one of the things that comes up here is hunter orange. In places where there's a lot of hunter activity, hunter orange does really make sense. It makes sense when hunting during firearm seasons. But the rifle hunter in the springtime has options that's going to make him or her less visible to game. Uh, there's broken up hunter orange patterns. There's also hunter pink that's legal in some states now. But since a bear's 
Vision is tuned to pick up movement. You keep the motion of your hands to a minimum. Don't wear hunter orange on your arms or your hands or your legs. Don't dress up in in flashy colors. Don't use sunglasses with um, shiny lenses. Reduce the shine on your face by using face paint or uh, a beard helps. A mask helps. In warm weather, mosquito netting is sometimes the thing that you want to have, especially when you're calling. When you're calling, you want to conceal your face and your hands and look at every part of your fit and make sure that it's not going to be reflecting light or or throwing warning colors. Hey guys, I want to tell you about Frontier Roast derived from 100% select grade Colombian coffee. It is the essential coffee. When the alarm goes off and it's still an hour and a half to dawn, it's the coffee for deer season and elk season and prairie dog shooting. And here's a secret great shooters know. They take a sip of coffee when they're going to the range with their buddy. And they give their buddy two cups of coffee. Next time you're packing for a deer or an elk hunt, throw in a bag of Frontier Roast from Expedition Joe and Gary Lewis Outdoors. Frontier Roast is the choice of great outdoor moments. Get yours today from Expedition Joe and Gary Lewis Outdoors doors.com sound i've hunted with people who make a lot of noise and some people are just heavy walkers not quiet ones kill more bears black bears ears are way better than human ears they've got a ball-shaped resonating chamber around the eardrum anything that sounds foreign to their ears they're going to pay attention to it's it's a warning sound for them slamming doors metallic noises try to keep all of that stuff to a minimum pay close attention to all the sounds you make when you start into the hunt area turn off the music don't race the engine when you park set the emergency brake quietly don't slam the doors don't slam the trunk don't slam the tailgate just push them closed lean against them until they click shut think about wearing boots or shoes that allow you to feel the branches beneath your feet. Things that you can listen for are a bear pawing through a rotten stump or rolling a log or digging out a ground squirrel or stripping the bark from a tree. I've heard all of these things. Keep that in mind and if you hear these sounds, they're things that uh, might alert you to the presence of the bear. Cubs can make a lot of noise when they're playing. Prey animal being killed by a bear or another predator. The fewer sounds you make, the more time you sit and listen, the better are your chances. Bears are pretty quiet, but they make some sounds that are easily recognized. I've heard bears growl. They pop their jaws. They might grunt when they're surprised. They might You might hear a sniff. Sometimes they'll break a branch on purpose, and and that's a warning sound to other bears to let them know that they're approaching. While feeding a, a bear might make not very much noise at all, but it can make quite a commotion when it's stripping bark from a tree or biting young buds off of willows. Bear, bear might turn over a stump or roll rocks to find grubs or ants or, or it might paw through a rotten log. A successful bear hunter listens as much as he looks and is alert to every sound that might give away the bear's location. A bear will woof to alert other bears, to warn an intruder, to call to cubs. It's not uncommon to hear a whimper or a moan from a bear that is cornered or treed. A dying bear might make a death moan. On a hunt in Alaska, I stalked in close to a bear on a steep hillside and I lost sight of it, but I knew it was coming down the hill. First, I could hear it moan and then it began to clack its teeth at me and I couldn't see it, so I backed off 
And I let that bear have <laughs> that that hill. I wouldn't have called that a bluff charge, but it was it was there clacking its teeth at me and it knew I was coming and it didn't want me there and I agreed with it. Okay, smell. This is the thing that you've got to get right every single time. Bears might see you and mistake you for some other creature. They might hear you breaking limbs and think you're a herd of elk, but a bear is never going to make a mistake with its nose. If a dog can scent and categorize seven different smells at one time, simultaneously, a bear can do the same thing. Bears have been known to travel upwind three miles in a straight line to reach the carcass of a dead deer. A polar bear was seen to travel 40 miles to reach a prey animal it, that it smelled on the wind. And another, a black bear was able to detect a human scent more than 14 hours after the person passed along the trail. A male bear can also detect which way a breeding female is traveling just by sniffing her tracks. They, their sense of smell is so much better than ours. It's astounding. We can't even fathom it. The, the wind can be your ally or your biggest enemy. Your scent is frightening to most animals. It signals danger, but the better you understand how bear react to dangerous odors, the better you're going to be able to exploit their sense of smell. So I carry something to check the wind with, and it might be a little bit of powder that you can puff into the air. Sometimes people use talcum and check the direction of the wind. Sometimes I use soap bubbles because the soap bubble stays up in the air longer. And you can actually watch what the wind currents are, are really doing. When you're scouting or hunting, watch where you walk and what you brush up against. Your scent is going to transfer to the brush and it leaves a faint lingering smell that warns animals long after you're gone that you were there. So if you can keep from walking around and spreading your scent around, if you can find one good spot from which to glass or observe a canyon or watch a trail, it's far preferable than walking from one spot to another or driving from one spot to another. Scent control is super, super important. There's times when you can use your scent to advantage, like when you hunt a bedding or a feeding area, you, you can actually use your scent or your partner's scent to drive animals from a bedding area and push animals out in front of you. I've used that on bear hunting, deer hunting, and hunting for pigs. It works like a champ if you can have a pretty good idea of the escape route that the animal is going to take. One of the best examples, I think, of, of how well a bear can smell is my friend Dave Hamilton. He was bow hunting elk in eastern Oregon when he smelled a rotten carcass. And it was he said it was so bad that he decided he had to hunt in a different area because the smell of this carcass was sickening to him. And so he he began to move a different direction and the wind changed and blew toward him again. And so he thought, well, I'm going to go see what the source of that smell is. So he followed the scent. He came on an elk carcass with a bear inside of the elk's rib cage. And the bear would reach in and grab a bite of what was inside that carcass, inside the rib cage, and then it would pull its head out while it was chewing 
and scent the air and scent the currents of air. So even while its face and its nose was completely covered in this elk's gore, it could still smell what was going on around it. That bear's nose is so well developed that it can even smell while it is surrounded by the scent of this rotten elk. So Dave came up from behind, waited until the bear's vitals were exposed, and at 10 yards, he put the arrow into the bear's rib cage, right into the heart. The animal was distracted enough. He beat its sense of sight, its sense of hearing, and its smell because he came in from downwind. Don't ever fool yourself into believing that a bear might not smell you. If the wind's at your back, the bear knows you're there and you have severely limited your chance of success. I always think about hunting in Idaho, way up in the Gospel Hump wilderness, and every time we looked into a canyon, there was a bear in that canyon. Until it just became so evident that there was so many bears in that area, if we did our job right, that we would see a bear in every canyon. And we spooked bears out of canyons because we would come up over a rise and the swirling wind would blow our scent to the bear, so the bear would not even see us, and it would be gone. We ended up taking several bears on that hunt. What we learned is that we had to be very careful and cautious about the direction of the wind. Then if we, if the wind was wrong, we would not even dare chance take a, a look into that canyon. We would come in from a different angle. There's never been a better time to be a bear hunter. Bears expanding in every part of the country, and we have seasons opening up where there haven't been seasons now for generations. If you take the time to study your quarry, develop the kind of patience that it takes to be a successful bear hunter, you will find that your numbers of bear encounters are going to go up exponentially. It's going to change your life, I guarantee it. Hey guys, if you like this episode, Tell your friends. Hit like and subscribe and come back and download the next episode. Start at the first one, skip around, or start at the last episode, work backwards. We dare ya. We double dog dare ya.